This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN. And you're listening to One Night Stand. And you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Hey, c'est condition ça qui t'est passé. Just One Night Stand. Avant toute bagaille t'est commencé. One Night Stand. Pensez que c'est ton This is One Night Stand. Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand. What up, Night Nation? On today's show, we recap the Black Friday game that had an absolutely wild ending. Also, the huge news of Dylan Gabriel transferring, all the rumors and fallout from that. Also, Cincinnati might actually make the college football playoff. Coaching carousel officially in full swing. Lincoln Riley to USC. UF got a new head coach. We'll talk about all of that. We're going to do our Fab Five possible quarterback transfers to UCF. And as always, Money Moves Picks, Moves Mailbag. Speaking of, I'm here with... Money Moo, UCF look to keep their perfect home record alive for 2021 as they hosted what could be the final meeting between these two teams. UCF freshman quarterback Parker Navarro plowed his way into the end zone on a three-yard run for the first watch, first score. Congratulations to Zach for the great guess. It was a hard-fought battle between the two rivals as UCF was outgained and outpossessed, but not outscored as the game came down to the final play. Fans rejoiced as we heard the ref utter these four magic words that will live on forever. The game is over. UCF 17, USF 13. What a game. Well, the game actually kind of sucked, but great way to end the season, I guess. Taking the 7-6 lead in the Warren I-4. First time we've ever had the series lead. Also completing a perfect 7-0 home record. UCF has not lost a home game since 2016 because COVID doesn't count. And we're 8-4 and four overall, going bowling. Let's get right into the game, though. Overall, I think the game, the, the offense is nothing new. It's, <laughs> it's the same old thing that, you know, Mikey, look, he's doing what he can. Without Bowser, it didn't seem like we could really get the run game going. But, you know, I'll go back to the first drive, it seemed like uh, – you know, Mikey was able to hit some of his marks. The first two drives, we drove down the field. We got ended up with the field goal. We kind of sputtered out uh, the missed field goal attempt, which that one, that was definitely good. Uh, it looked good from the replay. I mean, it was close. I don't know, but whatever. And then the second drive, we drive down and, and you know, Parker Navarro, huge goal line threat, another touchdown for him. But then after that, it was like nothing. Um, you know, you talk about the scripted plays or whatever. It looks like that's kind of what we had going. And then I don't know if USF adjusted again, this is like coaching stuff. We have no idea about, I don't know what changed, but we couldn't do crap for the rest of the game. Uh, also you talk about the running game too. Um, Richardson looked good in the beginning. Like he was getting out in space and had some good runs. And then I think, I don't know what happened. Just, I don't know if they adjusted or what, but Everything changed, and then we couldn't do anything for the rest of the game. Yeah, just even the first drive, like, no offense, but why is Trillian Coles out there? Yeah, I don't know. I think like, he had a good run. <laughs> to make any say. Like, he is a good back, but that's literally, like, our seventh best running back. 
Well, probably third with the all begin- the injuries from, from the, the beginning. beginning of the yeah. season. Yeah. Just run with Mark. <clears throat> run with Richards and Richardson. Like that to me didn't make any sense. Uh, they could have tried to get the ball to J Flash some more. Gus still is just in love with O'Keefe, which <laughs> how could you not be? But there are other playmakers on on the field, and I think if we started to spread it around, but you know, you look at Keen's stats overall. 14 of 26, 115 yards and a touchdown. We we really just couldn't do anything on offense. We were outgained in total yards. You know, we, we just couldn't do anything. They I also, mean, luckily, luckily our defense stepped up, but I think, you know, I like to see us in the run game. That one running back that USF had, the big dude, Mang, Mangham or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, they're stupid. They they could have beaten us by two touchdowns if they would have. Get, he did get twenty one carries, but they should have just Georgia O'Leary to give him forty carries. <laughs> if they would have won. Yeah, no, I I agree. The defense stepped up. I mean, you know, they did outgain us, but they also ran like thirty more plays than we did. So, uh, just to be fair, I mean, the defense did play really really well. Um, Tatum Bethune, absolute monster, eighteen tackles. He had this game uh 14 last game versus UConn I mean he was just in on everything but yeah the D stepped up um so you know we're up uh 14-7 at halftime and then you know like I said we didn't do anything in the second half we only had the ball four times three punts and then the Obarski what I would say is the game-winning field goal you know after missing two even though the one's questionable but he, he missed two on paper going back to him there and he delivers in the clutch because USF would have just needed a field goal. I mean, we probably lose that game if Obarski misses that kick. So you know what? He made it when it counts. That's what's important. But yeah, that last drive, I mean, I thought we had him stopped. And then they had that huge passing play, which was a sick catch by the USF guy. And then, you know, next thing I know, it's first and goal with, I don't know, 14 seconds left. I'm like, crap, you know, they're going to they're gonna get three shots here. And... Luckily for us, Timmy McLean, I mean, just super inexperienced quarterback, uh, did the one thing you can't – well, actually, he did the two things you can't do. Takes a sack and <laughs> throws an interception. I mean, and they ran – the play they ran was like – it was a little pick play on the left. It, it was like the one Jeff Scott called in the national championship, just flipped, and our defender was all over the receiver. It was really, really well played. Wasn't there. He should have just thrown the ball away. You still have, you know, 11 seconds or 8 seconds or whatever. Takes the sack and throws an interception. Uh, So we got lucky. I mean, the D stepped up big time and got us that win. And it sucks that it was that close. We knew it was going to be that close. You've been saying it all season. But, hey. It did say best bet on USF. (laughs) USF. I would never do it. Yeah. No, I mean, that that seemed like – I mean, you know – Actually, starting off the game, I mean, I felt really, really good about us. I was like, oh, you know, we might win this by 10 and then just, like, couldn't move the ball or score anymore. But, uh, you know, it, it was one for the ages, another classic game. Uh, no points scored, but the ending was amazing. The rule thing, I don't know. I, I was watching it at Top Golf. I didn't have the audio. I've watched it a bunch of times. I've seen the threads on Twitter about the rules. I think what it comes down to is that, if there's a review for anything under 10 seconds or it like toward the end of the game, there's a runoff if the clock would have been running to like make up for that. 
because USF was like, oh, like we get that he was down, but you got to give us a chance to snap the ball. Well, there's a runoff no matter what. I would say the only way you give them another play is everyone has to go back exactly where they were, and then the clock starts, and then everyone has like where they were when he was down, like during that play, <laughs> start the clock, yeah, and then no way. run back. Whatever. Uh, hey, a win's a win. Uh, thankfully, we pulled it off. The uh... How about the crowd assist? I feel like this is very um, not really been talked about, but this makes one of your season predictions at the beginning of the year, if I remember correctly, it makes it true. Hey yo, is you know about five minutes left. It was a fourth and I think it was a fourth and two, and USF was on our forty-four, and they were looking to go for it. I mean. The score was the same, 17-13. Oh, yeah, that, uh, that's right. wide receiver, false starting, makes it a fourth and seven. They end up punting. Now, they, when they gave us the ball, we ended up punting, but we took three minutes off the clock. So, you know, with five minutes and them at about midfield, they may have possibly been able to run it all the way down. And then score, you know, and yeah. yeah. So big ups to the crowd. The crowd actually looked pretty good towards – you know, middle first quarter, but I mean, that's typical now. Like some people said, like there was a bad showing for senior night, but like, honestly, there always is. The only time it ever was, was good. was when like in 2017, I, I think. Maybe yeah. That's, Cause of all the hype for the, the game, it's tough. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a holiday weekend. Like, and if we're not, you know, I mean, this was a huge game for us, like as a program, but you know, it's not that meaningful overall, and I'm not defending this, but that's how a lot of fans are. I mean, they're not going to cut up their holiday weekend just to come watch a, you know, 2-7 and seven team. It is what it is. I, I thought it was fine, and crowd was really loud. We could hear them on TV. The camera was really, really shaking. Uh, so shout out to everyone there. I, geez, if I was at the game, man, I can't believe how – I wouldn't be able to talk right now still. I know how loud I would have been. Uh, especially there toward the end. I would have been losing my mind. Uh, but an amazing, I mean, amazing ending. That that feeling, you know, like you said, those four words, the game is over. Dude, that feeling I got when he finally announced it. Well, actually, I, I, got, the, I got the feeling twice because I, I thought we intercepted it. So I went berserk. And then I was like, oh, crap, yeah, they have another too. chance. <laughs> so then I, I went berserk again. So I got a little two for one, two for mood deal there. Uh, but... Yeah, it was awesome. You know, obviously, I don't know. I mean, dude, if we had lost, jeez. Oh. I know. And, you know, the USF fans are all complaining. I get it. I'd be the same way if, if the if it was flipped about, the you know, how it ended and stuff. But at the end of the day, we gave them plenty of opportunities to win that game. I mean, they should have had three plays there on the goal line. Three shots at the end zone. Run your best, you know, three plays. And... They blew it. They blew it. It's on them. You know, if it were the other way around, you can blame all the other stuff. But at the end of the day, they they had a chance to win and they didn't do it. And uh, oh, thank God we won, dude. I would have had. First of all, I would have lost the mayor's bet with uh, Lauren Pickles. She's USF super fan. Uh, we bet that loser would have to wear the other team's like pretty much dress up like a fan of the other team's, so, like wear a jersey or whatever to next year's Black Friday game. That would have really sucked. Actually, it would have been hilarious. I would have had fun with it, but luckily we didn't do that. Uh, or luckily we didn't lose, so I don't have to do that. 
Um, yeah. And the win streak continues. So at worst, you know, because this is going to be the last game, I think, although I heard some rumblings about maybe like depending on the conference schedule, they'll be able to squeeze us in. I hope they continue the rivalry, but at least it's not. one. <laughs> hey, they've been doing it with other other big Florida schools. So some other just notes from the game. Uh, you know, scoring before the half there with 11 seconds left to Brandon Johnson, that was huge. That was the game. Uh, this is 11th touchdown of the season. Only 38 receptions. So like one in every three and a half catches is a touchdown. Um, how about that fake punt play? Dude, that or, was crazy. Not I fake punt. How... how do you even set that up? I've seen it before. It was perfect. I was just like, what is going on? And I, I saw it pretty quickly, and the camera guy like missed it. But I don't know how you set that up. How did, have we done that? I wonder if we've tried to do that and it just didn't work. Because if you kind of set up for it with the two guys and then it doesn't get kicked the right way, then well, they'll yeah, kind of know. What if the punt actually went to the right side instead of the left? Well, then he catches Does it and Titus fakes. like act like he is going to catch it or what? Well, yeah, because we had other people running and that's like what made the gunners run toward uh, whoever it was that did the fake. I don't know. I mean, maybe just Titus just like hangs out and like just runs back on the sideline real quick. If you know, if it actually goes to the guy, I have no idea. But it was perfect because it was short too. It was awesome. That that was awesome. Uh, well done. Um, the Obarski thing. That's kind of sucks. I mean, it was close. We talked about this last week. Like, it's tough, you know, because if it goes over the uprights and if it's close, I'm assuming the rule is it has to be like clearly inside because if it just goes over it it's like it would have hit it I don't really know I don't know how they don't have a chip in the ball for a lot of this stuff to like see if it breaks the plane I don't know in college I understand like kicking is way more inconsistent than the NFL but I truly have zero confidence in our kicking game well right now I don't think anyone does I mean like there has to be like what about that Appalachian State transfer like, apparently he's not as good somebody, as I dude i don't anybody. know i don't i mean you know transfer everyone's portal look and everyone's ragging on him and this isn't like a pro player it's like he knows he's supposed to make the kicks like what there's no reason to bash you think he's out there not trying he's just not he's not that good okay well, I want you know what i want to see then i want to see like DeSalvo or somebody from practice when everybody's gone and in the tunnel and whatever, I want to see him out there still. I want to see him two hours early to a practice. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, maybe and maybe he's doing that. We don't know. I don't know. What, what are we going to do? Well, I uh, feel like somebody would defend him, but no one is. Yeah. No, I, I, dude, I, I don't know. I can I, understand. I, like, ju- just put in the work. If yeah. he was put, if he was, maybe he is putting the work. I don't know. Maybe he isn't. He's just not that good. I, dude, th- I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, if anyone wants him to be better, or he probably wants himself to be better more than anyone else because having to deal with this crap sucks. But if he was missing fifty-five yarders, I would understand. But dude, you can't yeah. miss freaking thirty yarders. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, dude, you know, it could be a mental thing too. You know, here's the thing, too, for kickers is like a lot of the time they can drill it all day from, you know, 40, 50 yards. But 
it's a lot mental, man. It's a lot mental. And then especially when, you know, shit starts to hit the fan, then you're really in your own head. And if, if you're not going up there uh, with confidence, I mean, so it might have something to do with that too. Uh, I don't know. But we won. He made the one that really mattered. So I'll take it. And um, yeah, it's been like 1,900 days since we've lost to USF. Like I said, 7-6 series lead and uh, couldn't be happier. And then Saturday happens. Uh, (laughs) And it was funny because there was so much negative stuff online before the Dylan announcement. And I'm just like, guys, can we just – just like a lot of people were raising legitimate points about a lot of things. The kicking, Mikey, the offense, whatever. But I'm like, guys, will you just enjoy the win? Like, just enjoy it. We, we have all off-season to complain about stuff. But it's like, I don't understand how anyone's sitting here being negative right now. Like, we just beat USF. We should have lost, which made the win even better. Like, just enjoy it because it was very close to being a lot worse. And I could not deal with social media if we had lost that game there at the end. I mean, I might have just deleted my Twitter. And, dude, it would have been miserable for the next eight months, really until the season starts. All we would be thinking about is the USF loss. So, um, all right, that's my rant on negativity due to that. But then, uh, talk about negativity. Uh, So DG announces that he's transferring and the world is like on fire. Now, we've talked about this before. We talked about the possibility. um, So I wasn't really... last week. Yeah. um, I wasn't surprised. Were you surprised? When I sent that to you, what were the thoughts that went through your head and how are you feeling? I think it hit me when I watched, you know, the episode, the episode of our time last week, it was a dead giveaway. We had two different athletic trainers and I can't remember their names, but they were both, you know, showing a little bit of video working with Dylan, um, getting ready. And they both said almost word for word, like he's a hundred percent physically cleared to play. He's just not there mentally. Yeah, like, I mean, what does that mean? He either doesn't want to. What does that mean? Well, it's not like he. I could. I could Simone totally Biles understand thing? that. Uh, and if it was like a, you know, a traumatic injury or a comeback of like KZ not playing for two years, or maybe you got like a serious concussion where like you, I don't know, you've been out for a while. Like maybe you're a little scared, like of getting hit or anything. But yeah. This to me, like that was, he just that said, was a dead giveaway right there. Yeah, I, I knew it was gonna happen. I didn't know it was gonna happen this weekend, but yeah, he uh, he just didn't want to play, and you know, it was just an excuse. Which I, I get it. Um, so I guess let's go back, let's go back through the timeline of everything. So, and obviously, I'm sure you guys have all either heard about or read the big dungeon post by Brandon going over everything. So pretty much. And again, this is all just, you know, from a writer, so it's not like verified or anything, but it seems to be kind of accepted as true as I guess he had wanted to tra- – he was thinking about transferring when Gus came because he was pissed about Levy, Levy. And then after the – you know, he gets hurt at Louisville, and apparently people were saying that's kind of when he made his mind up. Again, I don't know if that's true, but it would make sense. Uh, and And then there's, you know, reports of him kind of being checked out, not helping out Mikey – all that stuff. Uh, 
people have said that he's distracted or cared more about NIL, which I don't think that's true. I know, I mean, his his brother and, like, manager do all that stuff. I mean, he just shows up and takes the pictures. But here's the thing I would say about the NIL stuff is that if you know you're going to transfer, you know this. So, like, perception is reality. Like, at the Black Friday sale post was probably not good timing, <laughs> trying to sell your socks and then the next day knowing you're going to post it, you're transferring. But yeah, but the whole thing with Mikey, and again, I don't know if any of this stuff is true, but a lot of people did say, you know, they saw him really not paying attention to some of the games. Like, But people said the Temple game, we were also blowing him out and probably didn't really need his help in that game. I, I don't know. Uh, but he probably could have handled it. He definitely could have handled it better more graciously, you know, especially because if he was going to transfer anyway, getting hurt was probably the best thing he could do for his legacy while leaving in the sense that he could really show the program, you know, really be involved and and be out there and try and help Mikey. And I don't even really know, but it just seemed like he didn't, he didn't handle it the right way. And man, Night Nation is pissed off about that. Uh, And understandably so, you know, we gave this guy, we gave this guy everything. We made him the face of the program. And, you know, I I talked about this on, on, on Twitter, you know, if he, if he wants to leave, he's got to do what's best for himself. That's fine. But I think people are, and and I'm totally cool with that. Totally cool. I don't think anyone's against, well, yeah, some idiot fans are against that, but I get that. We're, we're fans. You're, we're idiots, you know, care more about the team and the players. That's fine. But, um, it probably could have been handled a little more graciously, uh, so, I don't know. What are your overall thoughts on this? I mean, it's like, to me, now with the NIL thing and immediate eligibility, you know, as a sports fan, you should be used to this. Um, like yeah. It's like Dolphins free agency. fans that own Ryan Tannehill jerseys. Yeah. Like, I don't buy Red Sox jerseys unless they're, like, clear legends. Like Big or, Poppy. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'll buy a Manny Ramirez or David Ortiz or you know, Carlton Fisk, something like that. But I would never, I, I've seen so many people buy jerseys of like, oh God, I can't even think of how many different, I don't know, Mike, there's just a billion different players that we've had. And it's the same for any other team, like Dolphins, Dante Culpepper jerseys, <laughs> just stupid stuff like that. But um, no, I think everyone should be really mad. Like I am. Um, I think the way that everything went down is probably about the worst you could possibly have done it. Um, yeah. If you go back to, and that might not have been what he, I don't have any inside info. This is just me, my opinion, but he might not have wanted it to go down like that, but definitely the optics of it from just a fan perspective is, yeah, no, it's, it's terrible. The optics are terrible. I don't think, I don't think he, he obviously didn't do this on purpose. But knowing that you're going to leave, you've got to know that your lasting legacy is going to be however you handle the rest of the season before after you leave, especially because you're injured. I mean, you know, unfortunately, he never got to win that big game that he mentioned. So now our lasting memory of him is kind of going out like this, you know, and whether rumors are true of him not helping Mikey or being checked out, if they're true or not, it doesn't matter. If that's the appearance, perception is reality. Like well, I said, sure. and I mean, the other, the other thing is, is that like, why couldn't he just play it? 
well, that's the last a, couple games. That that's another thing too. Well, he could only play like, one. Well, uh, no, the eligibility thing. He could only played one game, but he could have played the USF game. Um, but why wouldn't he? He could have went out like a champ. I, well, maybe not a champ, but we would have won that game by thirty. You dude. know, if Come he had, if he had played that game, can you like, imagine if if we had lost? I, yeah, that. <laughs> that would this not have been like good. This is only halfway okay because we won. It, it, if we would have yeah. lost, like, uh, th- yeah, there's no, would, I, there's not even any words I can describe on how bad this would have been. And it almost was. And you know what? The result of the game shouldn't really matter because he he handled it how he handled it. Like we could have lost or won, had nothing to do with his decision not to play. You know. I mean the result the result of the actual game that played it could have went either way and just because you know we almost got lucky pretty much uh lucky for him it's not as the fall it's not as bad as it as it could have been uh apparently he just didn't want to risk injury uh, you know I get that I don't know I'm not defending well, so just it never going to play again well no I mean, here's the thing that Scott Frost like yeah he ripped our hearts out with you know, right after the AAC championship, it came out that he was leaving. And he could have just packed up his bags and left. See you later. Dude, he stuck around for almost three more weeks. It, it, actually, it was a month because conference championships always on my birthday. And th- yeah. This was a month that this dude stuck around. He, he wa- I won't say he wasted, but he could have been recruiting for Nebraska yeah. full time. I mean, for that whole month, he, and he lost out on that because he had a job to do, just like Dylan had a job to do. Yeah, I His agree. Scholarship that we all pay for you a little more than me, but we <laughs> all pay for it. Yeah, and for you to just not play to me, he should have had no access to any of the team facilities. Move. Once, once he was clear, cleared to play, and he just said, "Oh, I'm not gonna play." That to me is like the same thing as just like skipping class. Yes. Like, oh, you we're pay- except we're paying you to be here. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no defending it. So you got all that all that rehab, all the still use of team facilities, everything for you to just be like, oh, I don't feel like playing. Well, you get a scholarship to play football. You don't feel like playing, then you shouldn't have a scholarship. Yeah, I I don't know. It's I can't defend it. It's... If you're injured, it's one thing, but they, t- unless two different athletic trainers are just blowing smoke. No, he's fine. He's definitely. They said he could have came back, uh, for SMU apparently, but, you know, and I get the eligibility thing, so that's fair. But he could have still played this game and not lost the year, uh, of eligibility. You know, if you play four games or less, you can redshirt. So, this would have been his fourth game. He still would have been able to redshirt. I can't defend it disappointed uh onward we go is is all i can say um you know we've got tommy castellanos uh mikey Keene. you know year the year one to year two is always huge for for quarterbacks especially true freshmen you know mikey got thrown in there like mckenzie milton i don't think he's shown flashes of brilliance like mckenzie did but he's definitely going to get you know he's he's going to have some huge improvement over the offseason and then uh, but, you know, it could have been a lot better if Dylan, you know, kind of took Mikey under his under his wing. I, I never saw, you know, when KZ was on the sidelines, 
they were always well the camera was always on kz yeah it seemed to me like when the offense was off the field kz was right there with a clipboard like going over stuff with dylan you never saw that once this season i never i didn't watch him all the time and again we didn't have the cameras weren't really on him that much but look i i I agree. Um, and KZ probably set the bar ridiculously high for injured players helping out. Obviously, it's different for a quarterback. You know, they're way more involved than any other position. But I don't know. And I don't know if he did help him out or not. But didn't look like he did as much as KZ, which is, again, not really the most fair to compare. I, I don't know. I, you know, these are all speculations. He could have helped him out a lot behind the scenes. I don't know. Mikey didn't say... You know, we're we're talking about rumors here, and again, I'm not not defending any of this, but the whole thing together, big picture, with the NIL stuff, with him looking maybe to people like he was checked out. Well, he did look like he was checked out to people. That doesn't mean he was, but in that not playing the USF game, the whole big picture, swirl everything together, is just it's just a bad look. You know, it, it sucks, but it is what it is. Onward we move. We'll probably try and pick up a grad tran- or a transfer quarterback. Uh, we're actually going to do our Fab Five. Should we just do that now? Or let's get into the Fab Five. So right now we're talking. You know, you look at the quarterback room. We got obviously Mikey in there uh, for 2022. So we're going to have Mikey. We're going to have Parker Navarro, and then a couple of incoming freshmen coming in. The most impressive. I would say, and one of Gus's recruits is Thomas Castellanos, dual threat quarterback, very similar to a Cam Newton type of quarterback that Gus likes. He likes a dual threat QB. Um, He's been very active on social media, really into UCF. And not just him, though. I just want to say, like, all of the recruits for this last year are, like, so – in love with UCF, which is great. I, I mean, love, I love to, see, I love to see it. No, it's, it, it's awesome to see how excited these kids are, and it really speaks volumes. I think of how Gus has built up the program in just in the short time he's been here, and getting these kids excited to come. And you know, on the field, product was not that pretty all season, even with Dylan hurt, or even with Dylan playing. You know, and. People are still excited to be here, posting, going to the games and stuff. So um, I'm not I'm not worried moving forward. But to go back to what you were saying, so we've got we've got Navarro, Mikey. Uh, there's that one other guy from he's a transfer from I don't know somewhere in the Northeast, the Italian guy. Uh, I think he's a senior. Oh, is he? Yeah, I thought he was maybe older. Maybe not. I don't, know. I, I don't know. But so pretty much Navarro, Mikey, or Tommy. And then we're probably going to get a, a transfer. So we're going to do our Fab Five uh, quarterback transfer, I guess, possibilities. And these aren't all necessarily in the transfer portal. Actually, I think most of mine are, but they don't have to be. It's just people that we think are in a position to possibly transfer or I don't know, whatever. So Moo, why don't you lead it off? All right, the first one I'm going to go with is probably a huge surprise in most people, but I don't know if they're going to like it or not. I'm talking Emory Jones, current Florida quarterback, sometimes the backup, uh, (laughs) dual threat 
throws a ton of picks, 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Hit three picks last game, and Florida still won. The talent level, it's just raw talent. The talent level is there for sure. Um, Dual threat quarterback, obviously the Gators firing their coach, Dan Mullen. They've just announced the hiring of Billy Napier, who comes over from Louisiana. So dual threat quarterback, and um, he's got kind of a, you know, every one of these guys, there's some situation to where, you know, they're either in the transfer portal now or we think they will be because there's some other controversy or too much competition um, at their current school. So uh, other freshman quarterback, Anthony Richardson, who we've seen an incredible talent as well this year. He split some snaps with, so I could see Emery wanting to step away from that much competition when you have a freshman quarterback on your heels that, you know, he's already had some starts. and Yeah, and he could just lose the job outright with a new head coach, you know. Yeah, especially the coaching change. I, I mean, think Richardson's it would be better, a good too. Fit. It would be a good fit. He's going to be a senior next year. Um, yeah, so you never know. Would it be my top choice? Maybe not, but it's definitely a, a possibility. I trust in Gus with whoever he gets. Um, all right, so my first one is going to be Joe Milton from Tennessee. So this is an interesting one. He's not in the transfer portal. Uh, he was the starter to start this season. He got hurt, and then Hendon Hooker took in and did well, so he just kept the starting job throughout the season. But this guy... He's huge, 6'5", 240, so pretty much like Cam Newton, as we've compared other people to quite frequently because of Gus, obviously. Um, But check this out. He was a four-star quarterback, and he's from Orlando. What a better fit. So here – actually didn't explain all that right. Okay, so Hendon Hooker won the starting job. He's probably going to go to the NFL. If he does, DG could – I think DG, I mean, I think it's 50-50 between Tennessee and Ole Miss. Um, what a good fit for DG. So Hendon Hooker, if he goes to the NFL, DG transfers to Tennessee. And where does that leave Joe Milton? He'll probably want to transfer too. So what a better fit. He's from Orlando, former four-star, and he did not do well in hype system. So I think it'd be a good fit, especially because he's from Orlando, and he's big, and he's good. So – that's my that's my first uh, quarterback transfer. I like it. You know, so, something that could fit Gus. Whatever makes Gus happy. Yeah, I think everything's Gus is gonna good come with his own his own recruits. So yeah, you know, it's probably pretty tough to like, dude. That would suck to like have to learn a new system. Like, think about some of our freshmen when Frost were here. It's like, oh, you gotta learn another new system. Then now another new system. Like, yeah. Same thing at work. Like they the salespeople at work just switched to a new system, like a new computer system. Mm-hmm. And it's one I had never used. And I got on there. I'm like, this sucks. I hate it. Like instantly. Cause it's not what you're used to. Yeah, no, know? of course that you have to think about, you can't just do what you want to do. You have to like figure out how to, you know, do all this other stuff on top of just doing your regular job. And that's why I think, you know, DG to uh, Tennessee would be a great fit. I mean, he wouldn't. He could literally just pick up where he left off, be all the same terminology and stuff. I mean, learning a new offense is like learning a new language almost. I mean, it's you know everyone has their own lingo and, and words and systems and stuff. So uh, 
But anyway, all right, who's your second one? We're just doing five total, or else this is going to be like 20 minutes of talking about quarterbacks that people yeah, have never even heard of. Yeah, just do five total. All right, all right. So who's our third pick then, Moo? All right, so my third pick is going to be Peter Costelli, Utah quarterback currently. Former four-star dual threat, 6'3", 205, true freshman. He was ranked number 10 as the dual threat – or ranked 10th dual quarterback in the nation. Well, apparently, Utah has a pretty deep uh, set of quarterbacks here, and he's from Mission Viejo, California. Could be a top target for Gus just because, I don't know, he's a dual threat guy. Being a freshman, I could see him wanting to come to a smaller school. If he's already at, you know, if Utah's Pac-12, he's already at a Pac-12 school, and you want to transfer, usually you transfer down, even though, you know, we're going to the Big 12. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like a good fit only because, you know, of his size. And that, to me, if I was a dual-threat quarterback and I was looking at places to go, that's kind of would be my top choice as UCF. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely a, a great destination. You know, you saw that with Winbush. I mean, even though he didn't, really end up or live up to his potential he was still a four star and it was pretty shocking to a lot of people when he came here and it it was cool to see that we had that kind of pull to get you know a big name from a big school like that uh so I'm with you there and that's why I'm not really worried uh about this too much all right fourth pick I'm gonna go with Miles Brennan uh so he was he was supposed to take over the job after Joe Burrow well he did um, didn't really do that well. And then he got hurt this year and announced he was transferring. Um, I think he could be a good fit one. I think he pretty sure he was recruited by Gus or, or I don't know. Gus is at least familiar with him, you know, being a, an sec coach and he doesn't have many college stats obviously. Cause he got hurt, but he did have, uh, 1141 rushing yards in high school, three touchdowns over three seasons. So he could be, I mean, he's considered a pro passer, but he can definitely move too. Um, so I think he'd be an interesting fit for us. Yeah. And it's not like he really lost the job due to performance. He went down three games at an injury and Max Johnson came in and kind of lit it up and yeah, just I mean, never really came back. So. Yeah. I mean, same thing with Milton at Tennessee. I mean, he didn't, he, he apparently did really well in camp and then kind of sucked starting off but remember like you said he was learning a new offense in Tennessee so you know uh definitely some potential there I, I think Brennan would be a good fit though all right so who is our uh who's our fifth fab five quarterback transfer possible target all right fifth one I'm gonna go with SMU quarterback Tanner Mordecai SMU head coach Sonny Dykes just left for the TCU job Tanner Mordecai obviously everyone saw him this year kind of blow, blow the UCF <laughs> defense up. Yeah, he was a former bit. Oklahoma quarterback, so he's already transferred once. Um, I don't know how often college players transfer twice, but um, <laughs> you know, with a new head coach coming in, SMU hasn't named their head coach. He is going to be a senior next year, so he could just look to have one last year. He did hold an offer from UCF way back when. Um, not sure if that was Frost or Heupel, but, um, 
Interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's a big dude. He's not super mobile, but he can scramble around. But he's a pure passer, and that, that's somebody who I would I would definitely take, Tanner Mordecai. I like that pick. Uh, transferring to kind of a rival or in-conference, interesting, though. But uh, all right, cool. So that was our Fab Five. Who knows what's going to happen? Probably won't be any of those guys, but uh, definitely. Wait, can I give one honorable mention? Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Tate Martell. <laughs> I was just trying to think his name when you said, I don't know anyone who's transferred twice. I'm like, actually, I know someone who's transferred like three times. <laughs> All right, Tate Martell. This is this is just his stats from when he's actually gotten into a game. But I, I know he's had like two other schools. So did he switch he to receiver? At Ohio State. Yeah, he did. After committing and, somewhere else, though. Right. So then he transferred to Miami through one seven-yard pass the entire year then he like didn't play in 2020 or he sat out then 2021 transferred to unlv couldn't even get the starting job at one of the worst d1 schools like the last decade vegas baby rebels um <laughs> so why not i mean 511 205 tate martell throwing his name in the hat for the ucf ring that'd be f- i'm sure That'd be funny. Uh, Gus is chomping at the bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's got a huge list of suitors for him to come. Uh, the tr- uh, transfer king. Uh, Spencer Rattler just announced that he's transferring, but he's kind of a huge diva. I mean, he's super talented. I wouldn't be mad if he came here, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem like he'd be the best fit. Uh, so who would be overall, like, who would you be the happiest with? <sighs> Well, I mean, honestly, now that I just said that, I still think Rattler just because I think he's the most talented out of them. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I think Miles Brennan would be pretty awesome. But the Milton fit from Tennessee, that just seems too perfect with the dominoes of Hooker, NFL, DG going back to hype, Milton here. I think Milton transferred from Michigan already, though, so I don't know if he gets a free trans. I don't know how any of this stuff works. But, hey, if Tate Martell can do it like 50 times, then why can't Joe Milton twice? Plus, we could reuse the Milton jerseys. Well, actually, people still wear them. But I'm just saying, it'd be cool, name-wise. Um, all right. Milton squared. Yeah, that would – I honestly, you sold me on him. I don't know too much about him. But, uh, I, I don't if really – it wasn't him, I would pick Miles Brennan. That's fair. I'd take any of these guys, though. And, you know, nothing against our current quarterbacks, but we're going to be pursuing a transfer. We need – we just don't have enough quarterbacks right now. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who we get. It'll probably be someone that we didn't, we never even heard of. So we'll see what happens. I mean, that Wimbush kind of came out of left field, like, randomly. Like, no one saw that coming. So, um, all right, let's talk. Let's go back to, uh, I guess, some of the games that went down. So some playoff shakeup with Ohio State losing to Michigan. Michigan the brakes off them now Michigan you know their one loss is to Michigan State and they kind of blew that game not justifying a loss but after beating Ohio State especially with how well Ohio State was playing I mean that's it's interesting so I think they're definitely going to be in the top four then you have Bama almost losing to Auburn Auburn blew it the guy could have ran out of bounds he tried to get the first down or he could have stayed in bounds and he was trying to get the first down instead he get pushed out a yard short they don't get it. Alabama gets the ball back, drives like 99 yards, and forces overtime. They go to they go through two overtimes, tied, and then they get into third overtime where the rules get really, really freaking stupid. 
and it comes down to one play, a two-point conversion, which I don't know why it has to be two points, but maybe just not to mess up the point total. I don't know. <laughs> but a two-point conversion from the three-yard line, they go back and forth. Each team scores once, then Bama holds or stops Auburn, and they win the Iron Bowl. Crazy game. Auburn 6-6. Six and six. It'll be interesting to see what the playoff committee does. I mean, this is right there in your face, almost a loss, you know, for the number two team. I think they'd drop them to four maybe. I don't know. But it's crazy that, I mean, if Georgia beats Bama this weekend, we're going to have a playoff without Bama, without Clemson, without Oklahoma, all the usual suspects. Well, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you see, Sean, what's going to happen this week is Michigan is going to beat Iowa. Close. Alabama is going to take down Georgia. And Oklahoma State is going to rout Baylor. And there's your top so four. So there you have it, the four, the four teams that are going to be Georgia, Michigan, Okie State in there at number three, and Bama will stay in there at four as the SEC champion. Uh, oh, actually, Cincinnati take gets that bounced. back. They'll be, at th- they'll be at three. Since he will be bounced, so the, they're not going to have Georgia play Bama again 1-4. Yeah. They'll put Okie State at three, and they'll put Bama at four. Dang or it. they might put Michigan at one. I don't know. Cincy will not – mark my words. Cincy is not making it. Don't care if they win by 100. Hey, they, they got to win if, anyway, but yeah. If all that happens, all, the only thing that has to happen is Michigan, Bama, Okie State win. There's no way they keep out of undefeated Cincinnati at this point. I just don't – I don't see it. I don't see I, – the, scenari- the scenario that you mentioned, I mean, it, it definitely – could ha- like if if those games go down that way, it could happen. But I just don't think they do it. But who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, other things too. After losing in Bedlam, Oklahoma coach Lincoln Riley just announced today taking the USC job. Uh, pretty crazy. Never really saw him leaving there. But in my opinion, I mean, there's a ton of openings. Obviously, the Gators have filled theirs. Got LSU, Miami, which. I think Lane Kiffin, I see him taking that job. He wants to be back in Florida. But I think USC, I mean, out of all the jobs in college football besides UCF, I think USC might be the best one. And here's why. Because they have a ton of money from their alumni. They're in the most one of the most fertile recruiting grounds. And they have no competition out there. It's an easy conference. I mean, when Lane was there a few years ago, they had like top – two top three recruiting classes for the first couple years. He just couldn't get it done on the field. And they also had the NCAA sanctions, which kind of hurt them. But I think that job's a goldmine. You get to live in L.A. You got, like, no competition. I mean, the SEC jobs are all good. Florida's great. But, like, you got to go through the SEC to make the playoff. It's not exactly easy. I think it's a slam dunk for for Lincoln Riley and USC. Uh, But that's just my opinion. It's just going to be – a staging ground for him for like two or three years before somebody in the NFL <laughs> comes to poach him. That's that's funny okay, and probably completely true. right about the whole SEC thing, but recruiting out west is hard too. I mean, Oregon is obviously your top competitor. Utah always has a really good recruiting. But it's dude, it's you're in LA. It's USC. Like it's if you're a, think of it this way, Lincoln Riley was able to recruit well to Oklahoma. 
Now that's a, not a nice place to live. Now he's going to be in L.A. He's not going to do worse by by now recruiting people to L.A. He's just going to do better. Yeah, but at least Oklahoma, Oklahoma has good talent, and you get like that funnel up from Texas. That's true. That's true. California doesn't have that much. No, California is like California has a ton of. It's not Florida or Texas, but they're the third most, uh, I would say, fertile recruiting. There's a lot of good players out there. But anyway, um, none of that really matters. All right, a couple other things real quick. Bowl game projections. Um, hearing two different things, mostly hearing Gasparilla Bowl versus UF, in which I hey. see we'd be about a five-and-a-half-point favorite. And then I saw tidbits, Wait, or UF would be a five-and-a-half-point favorite. According to, I, I have it at 12 and a half. So. I, I hope it's more, I hope it's closer to that. Well, I don't know. I guess that means we're worse, but that's just what Brett McMurphy posted on like Action Network. Um, and then I saw a couple Birmingham Bowl versus LSU. So if you had to pick Ooh. between those two bowls and with those opponents, which would you rather have? I mean, obviously, I'd rather play against UF. But that means I wouldn't. There's no way I could miss that game, dude. Oh. Especially since I'm off work right now. The like, f- and the family ties. No, for there's sure. There's no way. It, it. No way. I don't care what time. I, maybe I wouldn't spend the night or anything, but I would drive up, drive back. Bring I the mean, baby. It's hard. <laughs> Two weeks old. Can you not? What's the age limit for that stuff? Like six months. Wait, what age do you? I mean, start? there's no age limit, but like, you gotta wait. They like barely have an immune system. You like can't take them to oh. big crowds and stuff. See, yeah. I don't know any of that stuff. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess like COVID too. But um, no, I guess I asked that. Obviously, a Florida game versus a Florida opponent is much better than Birmingham versus LSU. But I mean, the Gators are a good team. Like, <laughs> I just don't want to yeah, get. Yeah, they're a good team. They're a tw- I think they're a twelve and a half point better team than we are right now i just don't want to get destroyed and have to hear the end of it but you know what we've got a ton of excuses if that happens so i'm with you gasparilla bowl versus uf i would rather play any power five school than the cure bowl against western kentucky or something stupid (laughs) it's funny because uh one of the other projections i saw has uf in the cure bowl versus one sec versus liberty (laughs) yeah so yeah, now I, I hope it's the Gasparilla Bowl. It's um I think it's on a a Thursday. Uh Thursday, yeah, December twenty third. And I think if it was like the last one, it'd be at two PM Oh dude, this one's at seven PM. So I guess that it's actually worse if you're driving back, but um yeah, that would be fun. And it sounds like it's gonna happen because a majority of the uh like, you know, analysts and stuff are saying that. And some of the other bowls are already starting to shake out. Like, Hawaii Bowl was one we've been mentioned in, and it was just announced that Memphis is going to be playing in that versus, I think, a Sunbelt team. So that's not a possibility. So, we'll, you know, honestly, by the time this podcast is out, we'll probably know. So, uh, yeah. anyway, that's it. All right. Season's over. It's already 4.30. We got to yeah, no. picks. Season's over. Crazy. Um. All right. Now it's time for our favorite segment, Money Moves Picks of the Week. I think I'm cursed now <laughs> because 
I went 0-1 last week. Close loss to Memphis. Gave you a minus six. They end up winning by five on a dumb garbage time touchdown by Tulane. Gives me an 11-17-1 record on the year. Terrible. But we can get a, cl- a lot closer to 500 with a perfect week this week. There you go. What do we got? I have to pick all the bowl games. When you're down, always got to double up. <laughs> all right. Double down. Sorry. Double up right. is even better, but yeah, double down, baby. Championship week. Here we go. Starting off in the ACC, we're going to take Pitt minus three against Wake Forest. Look, in this one, give me the better quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Obviously, the uh, total for this game is 72 and a half. It still <laughs> could go over. No defense will be played. Game is in Charlotte, which gives Wake Forest a little bit of an edge closer to them, but there's pretty much no Wake Forest fans and pick and travel. So give me Pitt minus three. Yeah, I think Wake Forest has been overrated all season. Kenny Pickett, if you play – oh, no, I was still thinking bowl games, bah. Kenny Pickett, you know, this is his last audition for the NFL. He's probably going to be a top draft pick. Uh, I think that's a no-brainer. I like that pick a lot. Uh, what else you got? Yeah, pretty crazy ACC championship with no Florida State, Miami, or Clemson. I know. Even but, not, uh, not like Miami's been in it. I don't think they've yeah. ever been in it. But still, they're a team that you at least expect to be in it over Wake Forest and Pitt. Next one, we're going to the Big Ten. We're going to take Iowa plus 10.5 against Michigan. I know. I just said that Michigan was going to win. But it's going to be by seven. Close. Win by seven. Win by three. Wolverines went full-on last week against Ohio State, played an amazing game, and I feel like they won't have enough time to come down off the high of beating the Buckeyes to prepare for sneaky Iowa team. They're either, like, unstoppable or they suck, so hopefully they bring the unstoppable. Now, a little lower-scoring game here, so in a lower-scoring game, give me the double-digit favorite. I I like it. I, I hope Iowa just beats them outright. I don't know. I hate when, like, schools that used to be good, like, Michigan is back is, like, the Texas is back, except Michigan's actually kind of back. So, uh, I like rooting for chaos, and I want Cincy to be in the playoff. So, um, all right. Well, then you'll love my next pick. In the American, we're going to take Houston plus 10.5 against Cincy. Too big of a stage for Desmond Ritter. There's been at least a handful of games where Cincy should have lost, and 10.5 is just too much for Houston. Houston. Good run game, good defense. Quarterback Clayton Toon has grown up a lot since last year. They're on an 11-game winning streak after losing their opener to Texas Tech. The buck stops here. It's over. Cincy, done. Finito. Pretty crazy that – I wonder where Houston would be ranked if they hadn't lost that game to Texas Tech. They probably would be like 15. It, it probably wouldn't be that good. I mean, it took them forever just to crack the top 25, even though they were on like a seven-game win streak. I, it's a lot of points, but, dude, since he at home, it, all those close games were road games, by the way. I think – I don't know. I don't see them losing, but they could, you know, Houston. they could easily not cover. Uh, it'll, it'll, yeah. it'll be interesting. It's going to be a good game. Easily not cover, and then the committee is like, oh, look, they only beat Houston by three. Hey, what about Bama gotta and Auburn? Got to put Okie State. Yeah. Got to put Okie State in. Houston, dude, Houston <laughs> didn't even go up in the rankings last week. They stayed at 24. Like a bunch of like three or four lost teams or whatever moved ahead. It's so stupid. What are you talking about? They're ranked 16. Oh, they 
They were in the AP. No, they were. They but were. I mean, dude, they they had stayed at twenty four in the college football playoff. It's stupid. They well, should yeah, be way those higher. Ranks aren't out yet. Probably the last the time they. I'm saying the last two, they didn't even move up. And, like, usually oh. if you win, you move up just by every, people losing ahead of you. And that did happen. They just didn't move up, which is stupid. But, um, anyway, do you have any more picks? They can't move them up to try. They have to keep Cincy down. I, dude, I, I agree. Be their only one I, I agree. It's it's stupid. Uh, but whatever. Um, is that it? All right, next pick. Oh. No, we got two more. Going to the SEC, we're going to take Bama plus six and a half against Georgia. Look, Alabama's only been a dog like two times in the last decade and actually just came out today as the first time they've been a dog in 92 games. Wow. Georgia still has something to prove. Total's 50. I still think that's a little too high. This is going to be pretty much like the Auburn game, Auburn-Bama game, low scoring, kind of sloppy. Two really good defenses, so probably going to be 17-13 Georgia. But, you know, I, I, wanted to, I want Bama to squeak it out. <clears throat> Georgia could be it, – it's going to be close, but definitely take Bama in the points. Interesting. I, I think Georgia blows them out, to be honest, but we'll see what happens. That's why they play the games, you know. That's, that's why they do them. Um, all right, what's All right, your last pick? pick? Last pick going to the future conference of UCF, the Big 12. We're going to take – my second favorite team, Okie State, minus five against Baylor. Oklahoma State defense, what? Hmm? Only allowing sixteen points a game. Really? This is a team. <laughs> this is a team that normally gives up like fifty-five. I know, right? Every game uh, in past few years, quarterback since Spencer Sanders has Okie State smoking everyone, while Baylor has been barely squeaking by. They do have a common opponent, which is TCU. Baylor lost on the road 27-24. Okie State played them at home one big, 63-17. Plus, how can you bet against a mullet? Yeah. A straight mullet. The Gundy, man. The Gundy. I, I think they have an outside shot at making the playoff if this is a blowout. I'm going to increase that to a pretty good shot at making the playoff. If this is a blowout and my other couple scenarios actually end up uh, working out. So take Okie State minus five. Who did they lose to this year? Lost to Iowa State by a field goal. Oh, yeah, I see that. Um, Moo, I know you said they have a mutual opponent. They also played each other. <laughs> Oklahoma State won 24-14 October 2nd. Um, at oh, home versus Baylor. No, I know. I figured that's. Funny oh, they were though. at home. Okay. Well, this one's in Jerry's world. Yeah, I, I, I think they win. Another interesting thing for Oklahoma State is they barely beat Boise State. Uh, it was twenty-one twenty. It was like right after they played us. So, uh, I don't know. All right, let's recap the picks. All right, we're gonna take Pitt minus three against Wake Forest. Iowa plus ten and a half against Michigan. Houston plus ten and a half versus Cincy, Alabama plus six and a half versus Georgia, and Oklahoma State minus five versus Baylor. Let's get, get that, that money. money. Last up, we've got Moose Mailbag, where we answer all your questions. Thank you guys for your submissions, as always. First up, and we're gonna have to go fast through these because there's a lot. So, first up, we've got Jay Clark UCF. He asks. Do you know if Bowser has a medical redshirt available? Likelihood he returns next year. 
Well, it was interesting to see that he wasn't a part of senior day. So that would assume to me that he's either coming back or he does have a medical redshirt because kid really loved UCF. So I wouldn't see why, like, if he didn't have another year of eligibility, why he wouldn't be participating in that. So, yeah, I I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think he does. I I don't see why he wouldn't because he only played three years at Northwestern. So he should be good to go. I I don't know. Uh, And the the senior night thing, I think that speaks volumes. So uh, I think he'll be back. All right. Next question is from former First Watch gift card winner, Dr. Jose Pants. With Lincoln Riley heading to USC and Spencer Rattler being unhappy getting benched at OU, what are the chances Gus makes a pitch and tries to get a transfer? I think Gus is going, I mean, I think he's going to, you know, look at all available options and go after who he thinks is the best fit. That might not be Spencer Rattler. I don't know. Like we talked about earlier, I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be mad if we got him. We, I trust in Gus, you know. So I think Gus will leave no stone unturned, I'll say that. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. All right, next question from MD Knight 2016. Do Hypo and Oklahoma fall into the same trap that Frost and Nebraska did? Um, I mean, <laughs> look, Oklahoma's going to want to try and go and – I mean, you already had a really good coach. It, this doesn't happen too often where, like, power five coaches that are decently successful get poached. Yeah, it's like Jimbo um, Fisher or – it's really the so only yeah, I mean, cool. Yeah, look at where he left Florida State in. So, like – who do you go after? So you try and want to not do what Florida State did. What Florida State did, try to go after, like, a hot coach that's only been there one year. I, I say hot. I loosely say hot because <laughs> he really didn't do anything. Um, the hell is his name? <laughs> Forgot his name now. W- Willie Taggart? USF guy. Willie Taggart. So I wanted to say, like, Willie Fritz. He, that's he, a he, he, was a, he, was, he was hot at the time, man. He had USF, you know, smoking. I mean, he was doing good. So, But anyway, uh, I mean, I don't know how their, their ties are, how he left the program or, or what. Pretty much Obviously, forced him out. <laughs> so I don't. He, he won a national title there as a quarterback. but And then got fired at pretty much after one bad season as offensive coordinator. They went, like, 9-3. and three. Uh, after beating like the year before Alabama in the Sugar Bowl or something like that, and then he had like one off year, and they they got rid of him. So I think some stuff happened behind the scenes, but you know, amends can happen. I don't know. I I don't think. I think Heupel's in a great spot at Tennessee. They love him there. He might use this as leverage to get more money on his contract, but I mean he's got Danny White there too. I don't see him leaving Tennessee, but it would be a really, really good situation to step into because, like you said, people don't just leave programs when they're doing well. I mean, obviously, they had a little bit of an off year, but Oklahoma's been great for forever. They've been recruiting great. So whoever gets that job is going to be in a very, very good situation. Next question is from at Big 12 Night. DG and his exit from the program. Every other podcast has been pretty straightforward about the negative reaction. Interested to see if you have a different view. I mean, yeah, we we talked about this earlier. Um, I don't think anyone has a positive reaction. It sucks. One, we don't didn't want him to leave, obviously. And two, the way it went down was not good. So I I don't think there's anything but a negative reaction to have. I mean, 
you know, I wish him the best. I hope he does well. I know a lot of a lot of fans don't feel that way, but what's gone? What's you know, the past is the past, I guess. You know, I, I think yeah, we talked we about it. Yeah, we pretty much already talked about all this, but we do answer everyone's questions. I, I said how I felt. <laughs> I don't need to reiterate it again. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's on to the next one and the end. Yeah. All right. Next question from fellow Naples resident Dan Cundiff. KZ's next stop? Question mark. That's pretty interesting, you know. Uh, he had a little watched his little interview um, at the end of the Florida State game, and uh, you know they lost to the Gators, so they're not going bowling. Should be last uh, game probably ever for KZ unless he tries to make an attempt at the NFL. I really think that he would fit in as a coach um, into our organization. Now, I kind of looked, I searched for like who the youngest um, college coach is, and I think there's somebody that's like 29 at like a D1 school. Like a head coach? um, Yeah. 29 or 30. Or no, that was the head coach is like 33. There was an offensive coordinator of I think like North Texas or something that was like 29. USF's offensive coordinator is like 30. Charlie Weiss Jr. But you got to think Milton's probably what like 22. Think he's 24. 23, 24. Okay, so he's still got a ways. Like he's probably gonna have to do something other than just be like a assistant. I don't know, grad student or something he's already a grad student isn't he well it's a it's a ga it's pretty much it's a gratis you're you're an assistant coach and you just do you know kind of anything they need you to do but i mean his experience you know through the injury i mean he pretty much was like kind of a coach already obviously he didn't have like an authoritative role as a coach but as far as like the inner workings of helping out the quarterbacks i mean i could see him come right in as maybe like an assistant quarterback coach or definitely I think something maybe above just like a grad assistant level, but you know, maybe he's got to put in his time maybe. And that's maybe a good thing for him. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think he, I think he comes back to UCF as a coach. He'll be playing in the hula bowl too. I think that's in January, which is at the bounce oh, house. Yeah, I so forgot about that. one, one last ride for KZ. I think that's going to be pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, you know, to see him back there and uh, going to be a pretty good reception. All right, what do you got next? Next question is from Golden Knight 2. Is Mikey Keene the future, or is what we saw this season the typical bus, <laughs> typical Gus Bus offense? I don't know. You know, if you and I keep using this comparison, but it's so true. It's like if you ask the same question about KZ after 2016, people would probably say either no or I don't know because, you know, he was thrown into a rough situation. Again, it was a new offense for him, too, just being a true freshman. And it was a new offense for everyone else around him. So it's not like he just stepped into, like, a well-oiled system, kind of like when maybe Matt came in for KZ, you know? Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I think it's it's undecided. But it's going to be a good competition in the offseason, and I think we'll, we'll, we'll know more heading into next season. Next question from Carlos Jara. Bull projections, matchups you would want to see versus what might actually occur. Well, I think we're going to see what's actually going to occur. Is, is I really think <laughs> we're going to play UF. Look, these these bowl games only make money if you sell tickets. 
there won't be any other matchup that's going to sell more tickets than this. I agree. Clearly. Especially, you know, two it's Florida. It's going to be us against UF. It's going to be a sold-out gap. Maybe the first ever sold-out Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, yeah, that's what all signs are pointing toward that. You know, if our team was a little bit better, I would say UF would be afraid to play us, and they probably would be. But, you know, nothing against us. Uh, I mean, UF's got a really good team, and we're, you know, on a down year and had a lot of injuries too. So I don't see UF being opposed to it. Uh, it'll be fun if that happens. Next one is from Jav Fitness. What's your opinion on a possible UCF-UF bowl game? Kind right. of just answered that, but yeah. shout out to Jav Fitness. All right, do another one. Next question is from Josh Witt. What's the status of everyone's DG gear? <laughs> oh, it's, mine's hanging in the closet. Moo, what are you going to do with your jersey? I mean, I'm going to keep my stuff. I don't know why I would I mean, it is what it is. This is like kind of just bought it for like a memento kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I've, I've worn it like three times. I mean, I don't really it, wear basketball in, jerseys. It'll be in the closet in like 30 years from now. We can all laugh about it and... Yeah, know, it could be a cool piece of, oh, of UCF history at one point or another. It definitely is, and you know, land. It was a kind of groundbreaking, you know, NIL first player with the clothing line. Uh, so it is what it is. All right, next questions from Corey Esquinazzi, fellow Wiener Dog owner. What is the biggest area of need going into next season? I think it's probably going to be the offensive line. Look, I'm going to lose three starters. And Marcus Tatum, Cole Schneider, and Sam Jackson. And you got to also think, too, with Dylan leaving, is that the end of the Hawaiian pipeline nah. to UCF? You know, it started with KZ, uh, went on to Dylan. Titus Mikhail Atmalala would never have come, even thought about coming here if it wasn't for KZ or Dylan. Um, and then you have Lokalai Paule on the offensive line, too. Probably the same thing. Would never have thought about UCF if, without Dylan or, or the other guys. So I wouldn't be surprised if all of the Hawaiian-born players transferred. I, no, I think I – think I wouldn't be mad either. I think – I wouldn't be mad either. I think Titus likes it here and he's going to stay, you know. I mean, I'm sure he loves Dylan and everything, but, you know – Imagine like going to college and then like say you've got a really good friend, he's a year older and he goes to college and then you go there and you you establish and make all your new friends, join a fraternity or you know play sports or whatever and then your friend that kind of is the reason you went there decides to transfer or something or I don't know drops out of school, moves away, who who knows, whatever. Or I guess he he yeah, would transfer. Your friend 90% of your success he's throwing him the ball. <laughs> I know, but I mean, Titus I got... I have no idea who's throwing you the ball. I don't know. I don't think he leaves. He's established here. I think he likes it here, but, you know, you got to do you got to do what you want to do. And, I mean, UCF is awesome. Like, the only reason people are transferring, well, I mean, Dylan, he thinks it's going to help his NFL draft stock. I mean, I, I know he loved it here, or at least I thought he did. Uh, you know, I don't see why anyone would want to leave here, but it is what it is. All right. Is it me? Next question is from no, it's me. Next question is from Todd Thrasher. If Levy doesn't want him, which conference USA school does Dylan land at? <laughs> uh, I think it's Tennessee. It, Dylan's not gonna have. I mean, he's gonna have a ton of suitors. So <laughs> that's funny though. 
Um, it Levy might be in Miami with Lane Kiffin. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how everything shakes out. All right, next one. Ooh, five questions from Tony Cummings. Um, any insight as to why DG left UCF? We kind of already went over it. Where do you think UCF goes bowling? Casper the Bowl. <laughs> what do I do with my DG merchandise I never want to wear again? Hang it in your closet. Or Goodwill. Or donate it to, like, people in need or something. Do you think Mikey can be the starter for 2022? I think he could, but I don't think he will. Have you heard any rumors of UCF's offensive coordinator leaving? Well, since it's Gus, no. <laughs> Someone else has an OC. <laughs> that was five. Five in, like, what, 20 seconds? It's a new ton of info there, Tony. New, new world record. Yeah, I haven't heard any rumors of <laughs> any of that. Um, all right, last couple. What do you got? This next one's from Bobby K. Any ideas on how teams with not great defenses, a la SMU, Tulane, and USF, were able to stifle us offensively? Our experienced O-line should be able to mow over anyone for five yards a carry. Keen had some good throws in all these games, and the run game worked in spurts. What's killing us? I have no idea. Great question, by the way. Great question. Great observations. It's tough to say. I don't know if it's execution. I think the line has been shaky at times, good at other times. I think the line has been underperforming. Yeah, I mean, you know. They're capable. Three seniors – and Matt Lee is really good too. All those guys are have been really good at times. It just seemed like, I don't know, you know, it's. Uh, I think it's just growing pains and injuries is what I would attribute it to. As far as X's and O's stuff, I don't really know much about that. We've looked amazing at times and not amazing at other times. You know, you look at Temple and then you look at the ones you mentioned, Tulane, USF, SMU, uh, and then you know the beginning of the USF game, first two drives we. Move the ball pretty much at will, you know. And then that was it for the rest of the game for the most part. So, uh, I don't know, but good question. All right, this next one is from Ethan Edward. I know you are a pro player and even partnered up with Dylan on the release of his gear. How are you feeling after all this on a more personal level if you are okay sharing? Totally understand if not, though. Yeah, no, I don't mind. Um, You know, I knew... I was pretty sure he was going to leave, but, you know, we talked about this. He could have played for USF at the USF game. Uh, I understand why he didn't, you know, doesn't want to risk injury, even though it's probably not going to happen. I mean, that's his decision to make. It's like sitting out a bowl game or whatever. It would have been nice. Um, I think I'm just disappointed in how it all went down. I think it could have been handled better, but – and I'm not making excuses. Like, I don't think he did this on purpose either. You know, I'm sure if he could go back, he probably would have handled some of this stuff better. I don't know if he's just naive or what. I, I don't know. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. But I'm cool. I wish him the best. And I think he's going to do do well uh, elsewhere. I just – the thing that I it really hurts me the most is how seeing how upset the fans are. And whether that's – you know, if he could have did something different. I mean, people were pissed off even before some of the rumors came out. People are going to be pissed off anyway. Um, I just I just wish it had gone down a little more smoother. Uh, and I wish he, you know, I wish he won that big game that, that he mentioned. It kind of never did. Uh, but it is what it is. I, I think he's, he's going to have a good career elsewhere. And, uh, hey, you know, 
we're on to the next chapter here at UCF. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how everything everything shakes out these next few years as we rebuild. Gus takes the reins as recruits come in. You know, we're number thirty three in recruiting right now, which is insane. We've never been anywhere close to that high, and I think we're going to keep getting better as we move to the Big Twelve. So, you know, it's just kind yeah, well of a said. thank you. It's like a changing of the guard here. So onward we move, and uh, you know, whatever. Let's talk basketball real quick. We've had two games since the last uh two for me. No, we only had one. We had we had Evansville. We had the win over Evansville last week. Hard fought game here at home against Big Twelve or will be former (laughs) they will be future former rivals of the Big Twelve or something like that. But anyway, uh big ups to the crowd. Crowd was pretty good for a holiday weekend, two o'clock on a Saturday, where the weather was gorgeous this weekend. So, um, big ups to the crowd. Did have a hard fought game till the end. We were kind of neck and neck most of the whole game. We did have a, a slight stretch where, you know, Oklahoma had a 10 point lead in the second half and we never quit. This is, again, I said it last week. This is a, it's a new era for Dawkins for me, at least is that this team doesn't stop and then they don't quit even when they're down. So I really like that, which in previous years hasn't been the case from Dawkins since the last tournament team. Uh, so I was really impressed with that, even though we lost, look, it, it's college basketball. Like we're probably going to lose, you know, seven, eight games. It's still going to be a, a really awesome season this year. So make sure and follow me at UCF on Twitter as I do have the projected betting lines for our next couple of games up. I have Auburn, Bethune-Cookman, North Carolina A&T, and Temple. Also, middle of December, we do have a game against Florida State in the AutoNation Orange Bowl Classic, which has actually been played in Sunrise Oh, dude, on so- the Florida Bro, Sunrise is like it's like an hour from me, dude. It's like not even all the way in Fort Lauderdale. It's like the first exit off of Alligator Alley. Yeah, I looked. Dude, somehow it's an hour 40 for me, but an hour 30 for you. How does it only take 10 minutes off, but it takes 30 minutes to get to your house? I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> well, cause, weird. Well, because I got to go like back to 75 or all the way down 951, yeah. I guess. But, yeah, that'll be fun. I think we're going to try and go to that. So, um, back to the Oklahoma game real quick. So, we're down three with 19 seconds in the ball. And we end up going for a layup, which is fine. But there was only three seconds left. So, I don't know. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. Nothing against these guys. Just I wish we could at least chucked up a prayer with that much time left. Yeah, it left. wasn't the greatest ending to the game. Um, it was a good game, though. Hard fought. The real DG led the way with 17 points. Uh, maybe not the real, the new DG, the only DG left at UCF. I don't know. Um, team looks great though, man. Really, really, you know, stuck in that, uh, till the end and Oklahoma is a good team. They're like 40 in Kempom. We're up to like mid fifties. So definitely excited for this season. Uh, also women's basketball had a nice comeback win versus USC in Cancun. They were actually losing. They were losing pretty much the whole game and it was 40, 34, heading into the fourth, and then they outscored USC 22-7 to in the fourth quarter. So blew them away, ended up winning by nine. And um, 
Diamond Battles was named MVP of the Cancun Challenge, which I looked at it. It's weird. It's not like a tournament. So I I looked. I saw we won. You know, both games there. I figured it was like a tournament we won. It was just like a bunch of like a round robin style. But anyway, cool to see the ladies doing well. They're now five and one. So both basketball teams off to a hot start this year. Oh, also real quick, UCF women's volleyball made it into the NCAA tournament. All right. They'll be playing against Pepperdine later this week. I know if you have ESPN Plus, they show a lot of volleyball on there. They haven't announced like what the TV schedule is yet, but it'll be on there. Check on the app, and honestly, volleyball is like super exciting. It's awesome. They're really, really good. Person, yeah. They're really good. So, yeah, great to see. uh, You know, all of our teams doing well. Um, All right, let's wrap up. You got anything else? No, I, uh, I think that's it. I think we're just on bowl watch. The bowl game will probably be announced like an hour after we record this, so all the talk <laughs> about it will sound dumb. But we're just going to – you know what? I'll see you guys at the Gasparilla Bowl. Let's go. <laughs> just going to assume that's what it is. Um, no, that that'll definitely be fun. Um, dude, first watch, million-dollar breakfast sandwich. Did we talk about that last week? I think I mentioned it. I don't know. It's really, really good, man. It's like – Honey on top of sausage, bacon, some nice cheese, a little English muffin, and uh, some arugula. So I know you're a big arugula guy, Moo. Amugula. Um, oh, no doubt. <laughs> but, I'm going to uh, have to go there tomorrow. I want to go there now. They, they're closed, though. But <laughs> We golfed. We all su- well, you played really well. I suck. Second best round of my life. Thank you very much. You beat me, right? Did you? I did. I you did I not did beat, beat me. You did yes, not. Yes, I did. You did. Wow. Uh, I beat you, and I, I, I lost to Chris by one stroke. <laughs> it's because, dude, I half my holes were like bogeys, or I think I had a couple pars, but I had so many eights, and yeah, that'll do it. That'll run up the score for you. Also, only lost one ball for the entire eighteen. I think I lost. Remarkable. I, I think I lost. Like one per hole average. <laughs> no, I think I Maybe lost. There's an elite club of like people who play with the same ball for the whole 18. Yeah. Um, I think I lost a 12 pack of Titleist. So good stuff. Um, Ouch. Yeah. Well, we'll have to get out there again. Oh, yeah, definitely. Your birthday's coming up too. Happy birthday, Moo. Be sure to wish him a happy birthday. His birthday yeah, is Saturday. Is your birthday uh, like always on a Saturday? It seems like it is. It, it, dude. It's so weird because it's been like two conference championship games, which were obviously on Saturday. So I don't know. A little weird calendar thing because I feel like my birthday always changes, but maybe it's because the leap year thing or I don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and uh, feel free to hit hit us both up on Twitter. You know, we always love your guys' feedback, whether it's, Hey, I like this opinion, or hey, I think you're completely wrong. Here's why. We love, you know, talking to you guys, engaging with you, and uh, appreciate all the feedback and, you know, question submissions as always. So thank you guys. Go Knights. And charge on.
Dominate Charts. Dominate Charts. <laughs>